As someone in the office was walking me to the classroom, I just remember that the desk kept getting smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. And I'm like, where in the world am I going? What did I agree to? Yep, I was in kindergarten. That was the scariest moment in my 17 years of teaching. And uh, I honestly, I don't have one, but I can have a shirt that says little people scare me. Like there's a, there is a something with the kindergarten classroom that I was just, wow. And I know that we have a lot of kindergartners here of, of kids that have just started school. And there's so much that kids learn in school, like simple thing of to stand in a line or to raise your hand when you need something. I don't know about you, but my kids don't really, well, sometimes they raise their hands at home to when they need something or, or to take turns or to share or to even go through a lunch line or to get along with others. And one main thing that I feel like is amazing is that kids learn in schools is learning how to read and write. Now, my wife, who I love very much, has taught my girls how to read. I'm in awe. And yes, I was an English teacher for six years, and I'm like, you taught them how to read. But kids are taught their ABCs, right? They're taught their alphabet, and they learn each letter has a sound. Well, some have more than one sound, but each letter has a sound. And then they learn that when you group these letters together, they can make a different sound. And then when you put letters together in a certain order, they make a word. Okay, like look at this simple one. I. Oh, see, that is so easy. If, if that was my job, I could probably, hopefully, teach a kid to say that I. So we, we put letters together and to make words, but this one is, stands by itself. And then if we look at the next one, am. Oh, we put two letters together now, all right? So now we, we were able to put those, the A and the M together to make one sound is am. All right, the next one, this is always a tricky one, because is it Thea? I don't know, but if we know that, I don't know how you teach that, but that's also, see, I was looking, I had to do some homework and try to figure out what are some sight words that kindergartners learn. And the is one. How about this next one? One. Now, one is always a fun word because it's, how does that O make a W sound, right? Like, O-N-E, right? Like, so, but, no, the word is one. Now we know that all these words or letters are put together in a certain order to make words. So then I had to look up like, well, what is a word? What really is a word? So I looked up on, on Merriam-Webster and there's a couple things of words and I know there's a lot of words up there, but it says it's a speech sound or series of speech sounds that symbolizes and communicates a meaning usually without being divisible into smaller units capable of independent use. And I'm like, I need a dictionary just to figure out what all of that meant right there. But really what it's saying is, is all these letters come together to make a sound, and that, that, that sound ends up making a word as well. And then it says a written or printed character or combination of characters representing a spoken word. And then something that is said. How about an order or a command or news or information or a promise or a declaration? Or sometimes we have a word with others, like a quarrelsome utterance or conversation. So maybe you need to go have a word with somebody. Maybe you've been, well, I'd say in the principal's office and you had a word with them. And then 
the last one, it says the expressed or manifested mind and will of God, the gospel. This was in the dictionary, which I was able to find, and I was like, wow, that even Merriam-Webster has it, that it's the expressed or manifested mind and will of God. This morning, we're going to talk about what that word is. So, with me in John 1. And John 1 says this. We talked about this in men's group a few weeks ago, and it's just been hammering me, hammering me, hammering me. And it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. And I'm looking at this, and I'm chewing on this, and looking that, well, in the beginning, yes, and we can look at Genesis 1, and we know that in the beginning God made the heavens and the earth, and in that time, God was not alone. God, in that time, the Word was there. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So now we can see, now it changes from it just being uh, all just the Word, but now the Word has now become He. He was with God in the beginning. Do we know that God's Word is eternal? Like, I just want to jump all the way. I'm just not going to lie. I want to jump to the end right now, but I'm, I'm, I'm showing restraint because it's just as powerful as God is. It's saying the Word is eternal. It has no end. If we look in 2 Timothy 3.16, all Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for what? It's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training and righteousness. So we know that the word, when we're talking about, yes, we can look at this as the word. It's the written word. And we call this the scriptures. And we know that it is God breathed. It is not just a book that sits in our car on the dashboard for a week or that we just put on a shelf for a week or we put it in a bag for a week. But this word is breathed by God. And it is useful. It has use. It is not just a paperweight. All right? It is, it, is a, it is a V word. And it is useful for teaching. It's useful for rebuking and correcting and training in righteousness. So, as we keep going in John 5, now it says in verse 39, 40, as Jesus was talking, he was talking to the Pharisees, and he says, you search the scriptures because you believe they give you eternal life. But the scriptures point to me. They point to Jesus. Yet you refuse to come to me so that I can give you this eternal life. Yes, you can learn a lot in here. And yes, you can get smarter. But also know that the scriptures, the word, points to Jesus. Romans 1 says this. This letter is from Paul. Jesus Christ's slave, chosen by God to be an apostle, a, apostle and sent out to, reach, to, to preach his good news. This good news was promised long ago by God through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. It is the good news about his son, Jesus, who came as a man, born into King David's royal family line. Once again, the scriptures, the word, the truth, 
It all points to Jesus. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. This word is alive. It's not just words on a page. John 1.3 says this, Through him all things were made, and without him Nothing was made that has been made. So we talk about the Word. And it says the Word was in the beginning because the Word was with God and the Word was God. And now we know that through Him, through this Word, all things were made. And without Him, nothing was made that has been made. Do we know that God is creative? Do we know that God is creative? By faith, in Hebrews 11 says this, by faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. I say it again, what was seen was not made out of what was visible, which means that everything that we see was made out of things that we cannot see. Hebrews 4.13 says this, Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. God's word is creative. It is a beautiful piece of work. If you really sit down and you read, read the word of God, you will be inspired. John 1.4 says this, In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. Do we know, church, that God's word is life-giving? Do we know that the word of God gives life? Like, ah, uh, what, what do you mean? It's, it's, a, it's a book. How can this book give life? This book is so much more. Because Jesus answered in John 14, it says, I am the way and the truth and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and you have seen him. Do we know, church, that God's word is life-giving? It is more than just a book. John 1.5 says this, The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. We've been praying a lot today. And I know that you guys have been praying a lot this week about different things. And as Pastor Ed even said at the beginning, we're up against the darkness. But do we believe that the light shines in the darkness? And the darkness has not overcome it. I was on my way home from men's group on Thursday, and I was walking. And uh, since I live like a block and a half away, and I'm, and I'm walking home, and I, and I, and I see the, the light post. And, it's, and I, I don't even, I'm not even looking at the light post, but I see my shadow that's being projected because I'm walking. I don't live that far. I live in town in Roaring Spring, but I know that I never left the light. I could always see the light, 
The light was always making my body cast a shadow somewhere. There was always light. I'm going to, I was called to stand in the darkness. We have been called and we're on the edge of darkness. And just know that the light that shines through you is putting out the darkness. God's word is the light. You know, I, I had this thought as I'm reading this week and I'm thinking, you know, a long time ago, so, okay, I had a birthday this past week and um, my mom still reminds me often. She goes, nine pounds, 11 ounces, all the time. She reminds me, like it was my fault. I mean, like, but anyway, she reminds me. But like the thing, the thing is, is that when... When a woman is a pregnant with a child, that child is in darkness. There is no light. And then that child comes into the light. We were all in darkness. And Jesus has invited us into the light. Ephesians 5, 8, 10 says this, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. For the fruit of life consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth and find out what pleases the Lord. God, God was not okay with us being in darkness. He said, no, I have so much more for you. Come, I want you to be in the light. And not only am I just going to pull you into the light, this word says live as children of the light. Psalm 119, 105 says this, your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. Our life, the light that is produced through his word, lights our path. And we keep going in John. And we were talking, like I said, talked about this in men's group. And then it's just like, you go first five chapters of how the word, who the word, or how the word, be, uh, how God's word is so powerful and how it's so light. And then all of a sudden, there was a man sent from God, whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. And he came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that all, that through him, all might believe. He was a witness. John wasn't the light. He was a witness to the light. In verse 8 and 9 says this, it says, He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. Do we know that God's word is testifiable? Don't know if it's a word, but it is for me now. It's testifiable that, that what God is doing is testifiable, that we can tell others about what God has done. There has been a lot that has happened this morning. And I, I, I ask that please don't leave and just say, ah, oh, yeah, it was just another service. Testify of what God is doing. 
1 John 1 5 says this this is the message that we have heard from him and declared to you God is light in him there is no darkness at all and if we jump back in 1 and 2 it says that which from the beginning which we have heard which we have seen with our eyes which we have looked at in our heart and our hands have touched this we proclaim concerning the word of life the life appeared we have seen it and testified to it. And we proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. Do we know, church, that God's word is testifiable? Do you know that when you spend time with God, there's a change in us? I know that when I spend time with God, there's a change in me. As we are getting to the end of summer, and some of us, we like to maybe, we go outside and maybe we've been to the beach or maybe we've been at work or I don't know, we've been on, Toby, we've been on the farm. And there's a time that when you're in the sun, it has an effect on your body. Some of us tan. I'm sorry, I guess, maybe, I don't know. I just, I tan. Some of us burn. All right, and I have daughters. I have daughters that tan, and I have some that burn. We are affected by the sun, and we can talk about what the sun has done to us. But no matter what happens to your body, you've been a witness to the sun and its power. But what if we are a witness to the sun? Shouldn't there be an effect? If we are a witness to the sun, Shouldn't there be an effect in our lives? John 1.10 says this, He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Do we know, church, that receiving the word of God is a choice? You do not have to. I know Ed has talked about in the past about having the plunger and, you know, shoving it down. Sometimes we want to do that. But receiving the word of God is a choice. It is a choice. When we receive the word of God, it will have an effect on us. Keep going in John. It says, yet to all who did receive him... To those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. Church, do you know that God's word is life-changing? No matter where you are, no matter where you came from, no matter your history, no matter what has been done to you, God's word is life-changing. Galatians 4 says this, But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. Whew. 
John 3, 16, 17 says this, as you guys, a lot of people know. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. God's word is life-changing. It is real, and it's a choice. If I choose to accept it, then I have something to testify about of what God is doing. In verse 14, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. God's word is Jesus. Wow. It's more than just a book. It's a person. And it just wasn't a person a long time ago, 2,000 years ago. It is a person. God's word is Jesus. Church, do we know? I can't even put this down. My hand's starting to cramp around it. <laughs> do we know? That Jesus spoke, Jesus healed, Jesus restored. Do we know that Jesus cast it out? He directed, he cast it out, he loosened. Do we know that he cured? Do we know that he raised up, transformed, stilled, cleansed, silenced, opened, fed, and rose? Here, let me, I got to give you a little bit more detail. Do we know that Jesus changed water into wine? Do we know that he spoke to the people with his sermon on the mount? Do we know that he healed the official son? Do we know that he directed disciples before they were his followers to cast their nets? Do you realize, do we know that he casted out an unclean spirit? Do we know that Jesus cured Peter's mother-in-law? Do we know that he healed a leopard, healed the centurion's servant? Do we know that Jesus raised the widow's son from the dead? Do we know that Jesus stilled the storm? Do we know that Jesus cured the men who were possessed? Do we know that Jesus cured the, the paralyzed? Do we know that he, he raised the ruler's daughter from the dead? Do we know that Jesus cured a woman with the issue of blood? Do we know he opened the eyes of the blind? Do we know that he loosened the tongue of the mute? Do we know that he healed a man at the pool of Bethesda? Do we know that Jesus restored a withered hand? Do we know that he cured a demon-possessed man? Do we know that he fed 5,000? Do we know that Jesus healed the Canaanite woman? He cured the deaf and the mute man. He fed the 4,000. He opened the eyes of a blind man. He cured a boy that had a demon. Do we know that Jesus opened the eyes of a man born blind? He healed a crippled woman. He cured a man of dropsy. He cleansed the 10 lepers. He raised Lazarus from the dead. Do we know that Jesus restored the ear of the priest's servant? Do we know that Jesus rose from the dead? Jesus is the word of God. He is the manifestation of the word of God. He walked this earth. He interacted with mankind. And I believe he still does today. What we have now, what we have today is the scriptures, the word of God. And these words were inspired by God. And we have him, we have them, 
so that we can know him more. We have these words so that we can know him more. It is his love letter to us. But it's not just for me. It's for my wife. It's for my children. It's for my family. It's for my friends. It's for my neighbors. It's not just for me. Last week, we gave out cards and the ABCs. These ABCs are ways to learn the Word of God, but not just to learn the Word of God, to live it out. I'll tell you the first one. A. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. These cards are available to all of you. There are some at the door. I have more in my office. I will throw them out. Please, if you need more, we will get you more because we want you to understand. We want you to know of how powerful the Word of God is, not just was how the powerful the Word of God is. We w- I want my girls to grow up, to know who God is. I don't want them just to, be, to know a lot of verses, which is awesome. But I want them to know who Jesus is. Bethany sent me a message this week, and it was something on Facebook, and it said, Simon tells you to pat your head, we pat our head. Jesus tells you to go make disciples, we memorize the verse. May we go make disciples this week. May we share the word and the truth of who God is. Please don't be here just to be here because I have nothing else to do on Sunday morning. Please don't come just to pray for your football team so they can pull out a victory. Yeah, I got my, like, this is my shirt underneath. I'd rip it off, but then I'd really lose all my stuff. My shirt underneath is Jesus with all these superheroes. And it says, and that's how I save the world. I want that to be, that we're having conversations. I, I Honestly, I pray that we have conversations this week that we can talk to people. Let me tell you about the Word. Let me tell you. I got something to tell you. Like, I don't know the Word. John 3, 16. God so loved the world. Go through the verses. Like I said, if you don't have a pack, we will get you a pack. If I don't have enough here, we will print some out and they will be here for next week. But no. The Word of God is Jesus. God, I pray for whoever needs your help right now. Lord, someone's in need. The call is out. Father, I pray that you'd be with them, whatever the emergency. May you be with them. May you be with the first responders. Thank you for them. And I pray that you'd give them safety, give them wisdom, give them direction as they navigate this emergency right now. Father, just be with them all. Be with all involved. In your name we pray. Amen. Church, 
I can't even stress how much, and, I, and there's a lot I have to learn, but how real and how true God's word is. And the word became flesh. And that flesh died for our sins and was raised to life again. Please stand with me. Yahweh. Lord, I, hum I humbly come before you. Lord, I, I, I can't put your word down right now. And Lord, I'm so overwhelmed with emotion right now, and I need you. God, we need you. The church needs you. I believe, I agree with Pastor Ed that we are on the edge of darkness. And sometimes, Lord, it hurts. It is not the most favorable place to be. But God, being in your presence, I would rather be nowhere else. God, I pray for healing to come upon us. I pray for your strength. God, I pray for your boldness. I pray for your truth. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for your word is not just a history book, but it is truth. It is life. It is the way that points directly to you. Thank you, Jesus. God, be with us this week. God, be with us today. Be with us as we leave be with us as we navigate getting our kids together to get out of here. And Father, I pray that we would not leave your presence this week. In your name I pray. Amen. Have a great one.